You're listening to the Grow Yourself, Grow Your Marriage podcast. Chris and Jana are parents of three, life and business partners who share their personal development techniques so you can grow yourself and grow your marriage. Chris and Jana here with the Grow Yourself, Grow Your Marriage podcast. This is episode number 46. Oh, babe, this sucks. It's May. And it's 35 degrees. Hello, Midwesterners. And it's supposed to be like 80 in a day or two. Yeah, it's stupid. And if you hear my nasal knee or nasal knee, nasal, nasalness, <laughs> you will understand that it's freaking cold. It's so well, we don't know if it's allergies or sudden change in temperature. There's a frost advisory. Yeah, this is this is stupid. Chris is wearing his Christmas sweater right now, actually. Yes, I am. <laughs> yes. So listen. Uh, Chris and I sometimes have random sparks of conversation that we're like, ooh, we need to talk about this on the podcast because this this is good and we're lit up and we're going to try to recreate conversation we had. Actually, we've had this kind of a couple times lately on a walk and in the kitchen. Um, and I think the best way to introduce it is Chris said the other Chris day. Chris was a jerk. <laughs> well, yeah, Chris was a jerk. Now, Chris said the other day that marriage, like choosing a spouse is the last selfish decision we should make in our relationship. Do you want to elaborate on that? Well, choosing a spouse yeah. should be the last selfish decision we make in our lives. In our whole lives. Yeah. Okay. So maybe I can give them the uh, the timeline I gave you, or do you think that'll be nerding out? You do you, Bill. You do you. Okay. All right. So here's the way I look at it, guys. It's we have we have this life cycle that we're all supposed to follow. It's let's just let's just imagine we are, you know, I guess year zero to one or whatever, right? All the way, all the way to the point where we are an adult and we are ready to get married. So at that point in time, if you're I mean, there's a good chance that your parents probably invested into you and said, you know, hey, I I want your education to be this. I want I want you to go to I want you to go to school, be responsible, do all these things. And ultimately, it was about you, right? It was about you and what your life would end up. Well, you fa- you like, fast forwarded really fast from zero to your parents I know. choosing school. I did. But, but Are you, you're just trying to make the point that like life's about you as a child. Life is about us, right? Life, life is about us. And ultimately, obviously, we have kids and we understand that they think life's about them. The world revolves around them. And we try our best to not, uh, you know, let that let that be such a uh, such a dominant thing in their lives. But it is, and the point is that once we get to a point where we are ready to look for a spouse, I mean, all of us know that we're trying to find someone that's ultimately going to make us happy, right? So, and this sounds bad, but when when me and Jana were were dating. And I realized this could turn into marriage. Unfortunately, at my age, I just remember it being kind of a, okay, yeah, um, she's going to be a good mom. She is, I mean, she's she's super hot. She's going to be a good mom. Um, and she's a sweetheart and she's a good listener. And like there were, there were all these like almost, all right, let's check this box and check this box and check this box. And ultimately it was about, okay, how would the rest of my life turn out? If I were to be with this woman and for you, babe, I'm sure it was probably similar, not necessarily a checkbox, but you knew like, okay, how would my life turn out if I was with this person? Right. 
yeah, I mean, before you ever even, at least for us females, before I ever even considered marriage when I was younger, we had, we would make lists of what we wanted and a man like me and my friends would literally write out and it was all shallow of course it's like when it look like this actually i didn't even want a blonde so you you Ooh, swooped in i swooped in on you i was on that tall dark and handsome road but tall dark and handsome <laughs> i'm just kidding kind of um but yeah i mean obviously like like i said like you said the last selfish decision is really when you pick a spouse you're not really thinking about how will i change this person's life for the better how will i how can i best mold with them and balance each other out. You're not thinking about that in your 20s or however old you are. You're just like, all right, this guy's attractive. And I, well, I mean, I was in love with you. (laughs) It wasn't just like a checklist. Yeah. But yeah, I mean, it's, it's all based on how did they work for me in my life? Yes. And which is not a bad thing, by the way, this is make, I mean, it makes sense. This is how we, how else would you process that? Yeah. And I feel like What's interesting about that is we're associated to think, okay, what's going to be best for me? What's the best school? What's the best spouse? What's the best this, that, and the other? And then once we get married, we're supposed to just like flip that selfish switch off, which is which is kind of the concept. Jeez, Johnny, your belly <laughs> hit the mic Guys, and almost knocked it over. We're getting real big here. <laughs> so the point is that we – jeez, your belly hit it again. I can't My get com- goodness Listen, gracious. I can't get comfortable. Her belly's ahead of her nose, like I far ahead of her nose I get comfortable anymore. So, just so she can't even lean it. into the mic without <laughs> – Sorry. All right. I'm done. Can I maybe collect my thought now? <laughs> All right. So the point is, for the third time, the point we're trying to submit to you is that it is difficult – obviously because of the association of, Hey, it's all about me. It's all about me to then flip the script when you get married and realize this is supposed to be all about both of you. And so what we do, I think subconsciously is we're selfish in a lot of different ways. We're selfish. Um, emotionally, we are selfish sexually. We are selfish. Um, you can rattle off some more. Uh, just with finances and careers and once you get to the point of having kids, I mean, there's so many ways that we are both consciously and subconsciously selfish because it's just been wired. Like Chris would always exactly. tell me, like, I've I've always, you know, I've been independent for this many years and I, I used to thinking about myself. I'll never forget when early on in our marriage, like the littlest things would annoy the crap out of him. And then I would be so annoyed because I, I like, I had the thought though, Hey, we're one now. So I felt like I pretty well knew, not new because you just don't know until you're in it. But I had the mindset of we're one now, Every, like joint bank account. We do this, we do things together. Chris still struggled a little bit with like, well, I was like, why? I mean, I remember specifically some of our biggest fights, and this is sad, but I remember I would come home from work and maybe I'd like check the bank account or something like that. And I would see that Jonna had maybe a little bottle of wine on the counter. She had like some old Starbucks from the day or she just kind of like nickeled and dimed my bank account. I was feeling our bank account. all day, right? And I was like, geez, just spent $12 or $6 or $8 or whatever. <laughs> and, and oh, oh, you went to lunch too? Good, good. Yeah. And so I, I just remember getting so frustrated thinking like, we got to save that money. We got we to gotta Dave Ramsey this and, you know, save for debt and all that good stuff. And it just really, really bothered me. And we would, we would go out on maybe car rides or 
or car rides. Car <laughs> we rides. Would, we, we That's would what go, we do for fun now. <laughs> right. We would go to travel somewhere like to my parents or something like that. And I just remember she but hey, can we stop and get a coffee? And I'm, no, man. Like, what in the world? What's wrong with you? Like, just all of those little nickel and dimes. Uh, I wasn't used to it. And it made me feel stressed. It made me feel controlled. I'm like, because I Chris wasn't a controlling person, like, by nature. But little things like that that you didn't expect to have a conversation about in marriage really felt controlling because, you know, I was working too at the time. We didn't have any kids. She was actually making more money than I was making more money than this <laughs> jerk. So why don't you guys, oh, I'm getting fired up. Um, yeah, I, we were both working. We lived downtown and I mean, I will be the first to say before Chris, I didn't really know much about money and money management and budgeting and nope. stuff. So nope. it's fair that he had extra concerns about my spending. But like he said, I was literally spending money on like a bottle of wine, $5 at CVS down the street or that I like risked my life to go get, by the way, we live right. downtown. Right. Um, or, you know, yeah, we'd go out to lunch with coworkers and stuff. And I can just remember feeling like, what in the world? Like, did I sign up for a, another father? Cause my, well, my dad would have given me the money, but, or <laughs> did I sign up for a spouse? And it felt really frustrating to feel like it was our money, but I didn't have say and it was a little stuff i'm like i know friends right now they're just like amazon wasn't as big back then actually but no i know i still knew friends that would just like go buy furniture go buy whatever they wanted without consulting their spouse and i just felt so frustrated that i had to worry about something that was like five dollars yes and looking back i just remember it was still about me it was about me being like wait 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 like yeah this is our money but but we need to make sure we're in a good financial position, but I need to make sure I was in a good financial position. I mean, I could tell you all day till I was blue in the face. Oh no, no, this is about us. This is about us. But overall, what was really running through my head was, okay, I can't go broke <laughs> and I needed control of that. And so I think the point is in any area that we choose that we are selfish, like you said, we are wired into this. Like we are completely wired into this. And so it makes it much more, much more difficult. And it's actually kind of humorous to think we've gone that many years of our lives to a point where we're just like, oh, okay, this is all about me. And then we're supposed to just flip the script in marriage. But truly, that is what we're supposed to do. And that is, in our experience, how we've seen more fulfillment in our marriage. And that's how when we have struggled with money, we've still been close now because we got through that hump. I don't remember like one, actually I do remember one moment that kind of broke through that conversation because I broke down and cried to you. Do you remember that? We were downtown. and You've cried so many times. I I broke down and I cried because I was like, oh, I feel like I can't even like, like I was used to being able to take care of myself. I was used to being able to go buy clothes or go do what I needed to do with the money I was making. And I remember breaking down to you, but like in a teary way and you, it broke you. You felt bad. You're like, I don't want to be a controlling husband. Like, I didn't know I was making you feel this way. You told it like it was. You're like, you are a control freak. Like you are controlling me more than you think you are. And at first I was just like, no, 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 definitely not. And then, and then you basically laid out logical evidence for me (laughs) in addition to your tears and your emotions. I was like, shoot, she's right. And it made me see it. And then I started to, I started to just be, I think I remember kind of like offering things up 
to you to kind of make it obvious. Hey, I'm not controlling this. Hey, you want coffee? Hey, you want this? Hey, you want that? And oh, no. It took you a long did, time to get over the long, coffee thing. Oh, yeah. No, no, no. I'm talking years later. Now, let's just tell you guys, <laughs> he went and got later. us coffee this morning before the podcast, yes. even though we have a coffee maker. So that probably doesn't make a lot of sense. Store coffee or, or not made at home coffee just seems to really get the job done better. It does. It's much better. Early morning podcasting calls for it. So, yes. Yeah. So, that's something we had to work through and that you didn't come into marriage knowing that was being selfish or let's just keep ragging on you a little bit here. Ragging? Ragging. Yeah, yeah that's true. All right. Go ahead. Yeah. I can remember how frustrated you would get when we would go shopping, like either clothes shopping, grocery shopping, whatever, because I wanted to take my time. I like to read labels or shopping oh for gosh. clothes. Oh my gosh. You can't just throw whatever in the cart. You got to try stuff on or furniture or whatever. And you instantly your mood would change because you'd be like looking at your phone and trying to sit down somewhere like to watch a game on you know what I mean like you would get so stressed and I'd be like what is your deal like I'm just used to being on my time and not having to be told how long I have to be at the store and I feel like a little kid whose mom's shopping and I don't have any control which it did Mm -hmm. go back to selfishness and control I guess go hand in hand yes and looking back I'm like what's funny is I guess I'm proud that we were able to have those upfront conversations back then because I think that is something that people just kind of let let like, oh, boil. This is how it's supposed yeah. to be. Yeah. They let things boil and it's like, wait a second. No, 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 no. Like express why you are the way you are. Express why you are selfish. I think I think that is that is the first step to healing whatever it is someone's being selfish about is just to be like, hey, babe, like I'm used to taking 20 minutes at the store um, by myself. And I'm just brushing through and killing it, you know, and here we are taking forever. Now I take forever. But Oh my gosh, yeah. so long. <laughs> but but well that's that's just because I'm irony, I'm, the irony. I'm listening to a podcast or I'm talking to someone on the phone or whatever. But seriously, I think the most important thing is just being straight up. Like, look, I am selfish in these ways because I am wired to be selfish in these ways. And now we have to work through this together instead of instead of you thinking like, oh, he's supposed to just be selfless now and me you know, randomly thinking I'm supposed to just have it all together. No, we just need to talk about why I am the way I am. I think that was the key. You said the key there. Now let's work through this. Not just, we can't just let it be an excuse for ourselves. Well, this is, this is who I am. I I control the money or I know what's best or whatever, you know? Yeah. So like, let's say I remember, well, I know a lot of, a, a lot of guys, a lot of friends and stuff like that, where I mean, dude, our main thing was to play video games, like straight up. Like we played video games. So they were Call of Duty, Halo, you know, sports games, all this stuff. And then you get married and then that's like still your chill time. You want that to be your chill time. And so I think I think it's a really easy thing to just do that and then not communicate. And then your spouse is like, what the freaking heck is going on? You know, but you don't even know we're annoyed by it unless we blatantly tell you. Right. Because our sighing and. And walking by, pacing the floor doesn't. Right, you know, and, y'all don't pick up hints. And listen, easy. I, I'll tell a quick story about about kind of what ended all that for me. So, I used to use video games as my getaway, and I got to be honest, ladies who are listening to this, there's something about video games that allows us to go into an alternate universe and just get away from the world. And so, chances are that either either it is an out. <laughs> It is straight up just an outlet. It is, it is an outlet whether you're depressed. It is an outlet whether you just want to get away from the stress or whatever and just be in your nothing box. I mean, straight up. Every it episode. Is, <laughs> I mean, it is awesome. I love video games. 
I don't play them anymore though. And the reason I don't play them is because I remember when we had Lindley, our uh, second child, our second child, we, I, I was not spending much time at home cause I was working at the studio and stuff. And then whenever, you know, my favorite new game would come out, I, w- I would go buy it and I would binge on it for you know a good six to eight hours during that day. And then a few, a few hours later and stuff, but what was happening was I didn't realize it, but she needed me. She needed me home, all these things. And Jonna never came to me. She made little comments, but she never came to me and said, Hey, like I really freaking need your help. Like this is really bad. But I do remember in specific, I was playing, I was playing a game. I was online, which matters ladies. Um, I, I was online and all of a sudden, like the kids are screaming and freaking out. I'm just thinking, okay, she can handle it. She can handle it. And then I just hear, I hear her in the bathroom, just like, like, I can't breathe. I can't breathe. I can't breathe. And I was like, whoa, 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 what's going on? And so I stopped and I go in the bathroom and she was having a legitimate panic attack, like all the way, 100% could not breathe, crying. And I I didn't know what to do. I was like, calm down, calm down, calm down. And that was like a huge turning point for us. And I was like, whoa, like, all right, she clearly needs more help than I'm giving right now. And that was like the number one thing that I will never forget. And I think it wasn't just a few months later, I, I started to cut back my video games big time. And then I ultimately just got rid of it, which I I'm still sad about, but you're (laughs) worth it, babe. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that story, like, I don't know why that just hit me. That made me emotional because I can remember that moment myself. You know, we had two under two at the time. Chris worked crazy hours and then Chris would come home and he would say he needed his chill time because he needed to disconnect because he'd been at work all day and that was stressful. And I remember feeling so frustrated by that, but I was trying to be an understanding, supportive wife because I'm like, yeah, you do work really hard. You do get up super early and you have the weight of our family on your shoulders because I had quit my full-time job by that point. And so, yeah, I didn't come right out. We were just, that was, if you've heard us talk at all, that was after our second was born was when we were in the toughest part of our marriage. What what were we three years in? Something Almost like that. Four, yeah. Yeah. So that was in the toughest part of our marriage. Anyways, I was suffering from postpartum depression. I had two under two, which depression or not two under two is no joke. And I can, I remember making like passive aggressive comments like, oh yeah, no worries. I'll just, I'll change the saber. Oh yeah, yeah, no worries. I'll just keep cooking here and I'll go ahead and bounce one on my shoulder and you know, whatever. I don't need no chill time. Yeah. And, and looking back, I remember I would walk in from work and I mean, I was exhausted. I was giving my all to everybody at work, to, to all of my clients, all my energy was sucked away. I'd walk in just barely able to like (laughs) function and I'd come in and dinner would be made and I'd sit down and I'd eat and I would try to, you know, kind of converse or whatever. But for the most part after dinner, I just remember, and this is crazy to me, I would get up. I don't even think I put my plate or anything in oh, the no. sink. I'd get up down right, right there. Here, Jonna is like exhausted. I would get up and I would walk into the living room. I'd turn on my video game and I'd sit there and, or, or, or you'd go up to the bedroom or I would watch a game. Right. So yeah. I, would, I would either be um, playing video games or watching a game and dude, like just looking back, what the heck was I you doing? Know, it's so weird because it's so not you or us now, but man, it's bringing back some emotions because obviously, so our second was not a good sleeper at all. 
it just the other one was potty training at the time. It was a really, really, really hard time for me. And I remember Chris would be coming home close to bedtime. Honestly, you'd get home at like six or seven at that point. Like seven forty-five. Oh yeah, something crazy. And I can just remember counting down, just watching the clock all day until I would have some human contact. And hopefully, like I had these expectations that you were going to come in and take a baby and I could maybe go to the bathroom or shower or just breathe for a second. And then you would want to veg out or you'd fall asleep on the couch watching a game and I'd be left to do baths and Mm. all that. And like, yeah, I remember I remember the day I had that panic attack. It was it was brutal. You want to know why, too, is you were getting ready to go on a business trip. Yeah. Do you remember? I I, I was just, getting ready to go to Vegas, wasn't I? Oh gosh, yeah. So that's yeah. when we found out we were all we were about to be pregnant again. Yeah, yeah. I I was bent over the toilet, hyperventilating, about to puke because I was crying so hard because I just felt so lonely and trapped. And you were getting ready to go to Vegas and get to like live your dreams and interact with other people and sleep in a hotel room by yourself. And I just remember crying. You're like, do you know what I would give to go on a plane and just sit (laughs) and go in a hotel room and just sit. So yeah, long story short, that's another way we are subconsciously or consciously selfish with our time with life, with our time, because Chris was looking out for his needs and needing to rejuvenate, which is not, a maliciously selfish thing. He was. He was getting up at like 4 a.m., not coming home till bedtime. 3.30. <laughs> okay, yeah. See, like... 3.30 to 7.45. Yeah, that like was he nuts. wasn't wrong for needing some time, but it wasn't until... It really wasn't until I got a part-time job that he realized just how... Well, the panic attack started it because I guess I didn't get a part-time job for another year still. But yeah, when he had to fill in as mom... For a little while and he's like whoa that was this rough. Is just well, a piece of what you're doing here's here's another piece of the puzzle so i would i would play video games she would she would get the girls cleaned up she'd clean the kitchen she was headed upstairs to to give them baths and stuff like that i remember she would ask me a couple times hey you want to give him a bath and <laughs> i'd just be like dude i don't want to give him a bath you kidding me no and i was like i need my chill time and she she was not happy then at the end of the night what i want yeah, the nerve, then, the nerve then to come I at me for some intimacy. Come, exactly. And looking back, I was like, who the F was I? Like, <laughs> who do you think so you are, pal? And no wonder, no wonder our marriage wasn't doing well because I felt slighted and exhausted and not appreciated or cared for. And then you were getting my backlash. Not, I mean, I'm sure there were things I was selfish in too, but like, you were getting my backlash because I knew you were giving your all to your clients. Nothing was left over for us. It wasn't what I had expected. It wasn't what I had pictured when we talked about bringing kids home and stuff. I, I thought I thought it would be different. And that's usually the killer of all things is expectations. And oh my gosh. Yeah. So, but, but we were not in it. I mean, we had other things. We had outside family drama going on at that time that was splitting us apart instead of bringing us together why did my tongue just roll together? <laughs> um, and so we had so many factors against us, but we weren't working on anything. We were just existing. We were coexisting. And honestly, I can remember going out with my friend one night. I got a night to myself. And I don't know if you had the kids or if my mom came over. I think you had the kids. Um, and I can remember sitting at a restaurant bar thing with her and having drinks and just like telling her how numb I was. I was like, 
I just don't care. I literally told her that if you left me, I wouldn't even like, it wouldn't even make me sad because that's, I, I was on antidepressants at the time for your postpartum depression. And for me, those antidepressants made me very numb emotionally, unless I had like a panic attack. They made me very numb. I didn't feel like great bouts of joy or happiness. And I didn't feel like a lot of sadness when I was on them. It was just like very numb, very robotic. And I literally, I can remember exactly what everything looked like. And I looked at her and I was just like, if we got divorced, I wouldn't even care because this is not, I'm not happy. And I never would have thought that I would have felt that way. And so what, I mean, I, I can't, I eventually broke and told you that and you were shocked. Well, that exactly. That is literally, that is literally the key to this. I really, I really believe that looking back from our experience to where we were, if, if you wouldn't have come forward and told me like, dude, you are not, you're not doing what you need to do to keep this relationship together. Uh, and I wouldn't have been able to see that stuff. Like if you would have never poked the elephant in the room, if you, if you would have never, if you'd have never broken down in that panic attack, like if nothing would have became obvious to me, I just think you would have accepted it and I would have accepted it and we would have gone about our way and just like, this is our marriage scary. would be hanging on by a string. And so if there's anything in any of your lives right now where you are frustrated with your husband or, or you're frustrated with your wife in these ways, like we have to just, we have to just lay it all out. Otherwise, they literally don't know. And otherwise, we're on. I mean, who wants to live like that? That's how we were living. I didn't know. I mean, Chris and I had had some uncomfortable conversations prior to this point. Uh, but at that point, those conversations, we hadn't grown from them. No, yet. they weren't growth driven. They were like, babe, you need to do this better. And, yeah. and honestly, I'll just beat myself up. I just remember constantly telling you, like, look, you need to do this better. You need to do that oh better. Gosh. You need to do that better. And like everything's just building up in her, right? So she is literally waking up early before. Uh, so, sometimes she would wake up and like make me lunch and make sure everything was ready for me to go to work. Well, you're not right? painting a good picture of you right I, now. It just is what it is. And then I would go off to work and I would have like little colored blocks where I would check in like 10 minutes throughout a 15 hour day, maybe. And then in the afternoon, maybe 20, 30 minutes, but the kids would always freak out when we're on the phone. So she could never have any time with me. And then, you know, she would be super stressed out. And then when I would get home, she would already, now looking back, I realized she would already just feel like, you know, she never had a chance to put herself together or take a shower or do anything. And then when I got home, I'm exhausted. I'm numb. I just sit in front of my meal. I eat it. I literally leave my plate at the table. I go play video games or I watch whatever game I wanted to watch while she's continuing to get the kids ready all day long. Then I come at her later on for, for sex. And, and like, I mean, it's just ridiculous looking back. It, it's absolutely ridiculous. And on top of that, whenever we have a serious conversation, I'd be like, oh, wait, wait, wait. You need to do this better. You need to do this better because I'm, I'm a toolboxer by nature. I'm always trying to problem solve. Like, okay, well, well, do this and do that and do that. And she's just like, shut the freak up, dude. Literally. And you know what the sad thing is, is we're talking about this and we're talking about how sad it is and ridiculous it is. But I know somebody's listening right now that's kind of getting that pit in their stomach right now. It's like, well, this kind of kind of looks like my life. Like, I need my husband to listen to this because this is this is what's happening with me right now because there's still so much what's the word I'm looking for? 
there's so much uh, expectation. There's still the gender roles here of like, no, like if he's making the money and she's at home, she does it all. That's his job. That's her job. And I just feel like I want to scream from the rooftops like, no, like the women, we don't make the babies on our own. You know, like it, that still has to be a teamwork job. You are seeing firsthand like no human can possibly be the parent, the referee, yeah. the the driver, the maid, the cook, the homeschooler, like all of these things by themselves. It's just not like we're trying. We're struggling as a team. I oh mean, it's gosh, hard. Dude, it is. It is so it is so difficult. It is so frustrating to look back on on kind of the position you were in and us as a couple and everything. And I just think, like I said, it is so important to just lay everything out and be like, look, this is not working because we have to unveil this curtain. We we have to understand that if things keep going the way they're going, they're not going to change. If we keep doing what we're doing, we're going to keep getting the same result. And ultimately, if you take your life right now and you multiply it by 10 years, because that'll fly. We all know that. What does your life look like? What does your relationship look like? Because for me, it's like, oh my gosh, if we, if we wouldn't have changed the trajectory of our path, I promise you we'd be divorced. Girl Stuff, Girl Marriage podcast would not be alive. <laughs> that would have been a joke, actually. What? That would have been a joke. Exactly. We'd be lying to ourselves. So I feel like the reason why we're able to talk about this is because we've we've been there. We've felt what that felt clearly. I mean, we, I don't know. I guess what I always tell people, like, if anybody comes to me why not, for marriage advice or whatever, just like have, and we talked about this in the Uncomfortable Conversation episode, but you have to have the conversations now to grow your relationship. If we would have never had tough conversations overall, because we had them before that too, that were really painful and for a while pushed me away, pushed him away. But like, if we would have never talked about it, if Chris would have never been open to hearing, because regardless, that's painful. He didn't want to hear that he was hurting me. He still loved me. Even if he was being selfish, he still loved me and loved our children. He didn't want to hear that I was like, I mean, what did you what did you think when I was like, I even said the D word, like, because we always said we would never say divorce is not an option. We don't throw it around. But like in our kitchen conversation the other day, you mentioned you still know subconsciously when you're getting married that divorce is a plan B. There, There is a way out. Yeah. And I think at some level we hold something back to like, oh, wait, no, no, no. Like, because divorce is an option, we have to make sure that that we're in a good position no matter if that happens. And I don't think people go into marriage thinking that, but I think because the statistics are so high, it is really easy for us to subconsciously be like, yeah, 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 well, I'll put everything into my spouse, but like at the end of the day, I got to take care of me. And I, I really believe that that type of mentality is what breaks people up because like you said, it should not be an option. It should not be an option. No. So when I came to you and said that, I feel like that was one of the first times I saw like emotion in you of like, whoa, this is, I didn't know we were to this point because yeah. you weren't, again, you weren't maliciously intentionally doing those things to hurt me. So, yeah. Yeah. And, and I wish I could say that everything changed. It's like, okay, cool. Like here I am and everything's going to change and we're just going to flip our world upside down. No, it, it never works like that. It, took a lot of it time. never works like that. It takes the conversation over and over and over again. And I got to be honest, sometimes, sometimes as guys, we, we, we take advantage of this and we're like, okay, they're gonna have a conversation with us. And then, okay, I suck, got it. And I'm going to do better for a couple weeks. And then you just kind of fall off the wagon. So what needs to happen is we need to just 
women, you need to be totally open about where you are at, like totally open about where you're at. Because what's that? What's that quote? Like nobody packs their bags overnight. Nobody packs their bags overnight. Slow fade. Exactly. You start packing your bags. And then, and then when the realization of like, dude, I get one of these lives and I'm not going to waste this decade with this bum, or I'm not going to waste this decade, you know, just bending over backwards, killing myself while someone else is still living a selfish life. Like, dude, it can't happen. It, uh, it fires me up. I don't know. As it should, Chris. As it should. But, you know, I wasn't perfect. There's there's so many ways we're selfish that we don't even know it. So I'm going to. But I will say, and it, I made it easy for if, if, if you had any temptation of anybody else in your life or anybody giving you attention at work or anything like that. Or if anyone came into your life when you were a stay-at-home mom uh, or Facebook conversations with old exes or anything like that, which you didn't have, but I made it so easy for you to slip if anything would have come in. Well, you say I didn't, but I but I did have conversations with a coworker at one yeah, point, but yeah. it was like, it that, was innocent, that, that was but it could kids. have, yeah. That was before kids. But I'm just, I don't, I don't want to feel like, a, you know. Well, We'll quickly touch on that. So literally, I was I was controlling. I was I was working all the time. She was working. She was still working. It was before. Our kids. And I worked in sports, so yeah. I worked around a lot of men. A lot of men. Yeah. <laughs> Chris worked in fitness, where he's working around yeah. a lot of women. And I will say real fast, I'm glad though we set boundaries early on in our marriage before we knew we needed them. Of things like we didn't. Uh, we didn't have lunch or do things alone with the opposite sex. So that helped yeah. because we were in very vulnerable workplaces. Yeah. But I just remember the conversation we had where I was like, literally, Hey, you're talking to this person a lot. Um, it came to light. And basically you told me straight up, which I appreciate. You're just like, dude, you're not giving me enough. Like you're not giving me enough. Like I don't feel, I don't feel loved and taken care of and respected and, and given attention and stuff like that. And, I was like, whoa, <laughs> like that's, uh, that's a pretty big deal. And unfortunately, like we said in the Uncomfortable Conversations episode, you can't argue with someone's feelings. You can't argue with how somebody feels. And so she felt that way, and it was what it was. And I was like, dude, I, okay, it's either buck up or you know, just let this happen. And that, that was some fire under my butt. Yeah, and just for clarity purposes, I was – talking to this person all the time is talking to them at work, talking to them over like messenger or whatever, never inappropriate and never crossed any lines that way. But I see where, if it would not have come up, I see how things like that happen. Like I was crazy in love with Chris. No part of me ever thought about at that point in our relationship, especially no part of me was ever thinking about other men or whatever. Like it felt very innocent, but looking back, I realized some guy was giving me the attention that I wasn't getting. Chris and I didn't talk throughout the day because he was and always he busy at work. Also had a family yeah. with a wife at home with kids yeah. who was super stressed and not able to give him the attention because he probably wasn't giving her the attention. Right. And but at that point, it, I would have kids and yeah. I was working out all the time. Right, and right, right. I was, you know, I, I felt like if I just got to a point where, okay, maybe if I just could, because Chris was a, a, a trainer, he was a trainer. So in my mind, I'm like, well, if I just get in really good shape, he's going to, he's going to want me more. Like there's no way Chris could 
not give me the attention I need. And then, you know, I kept getting in shape. We did like this 24 day challenge and whatever. And I still wasn't getting that desire that I, that I felt like I expected or that I needed. And again, this guy wasn't being inappropriate with me, but it just was like that little bit of a, what is it? Like a temptation of just another person, another man is talking to me and giving me attention. Yeah. And the reason I say that is one, that was the way I was being selfish that I didn't know because regardless we were married and I shouldn't have been even seeking outside attention. I don't know that I went out seeking it, but I'm just saying I see now how fast things happen when you're not taking care of your marriage. I see how that could have taken a bad turn unintentionally if we would not have had the conversation like, Hey, I don't even know how it all came up, but um, it just always comes down. Like I say it over and over again, whenever they tell you before you get married, communication, communication, you're like, what does that mean? Yeah. What does that mean? This is what it means. You have to talk. Yeah. And I think open, I think we need to communicate on like about the big things and about the little things. If you just want a better connection with your spouse, just tell them like, it doesn't have to be this 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 perfectly planned like dinner where you're like I need to connect better with you. It's like no, dude. Wait till the kids go to bed. Have a conversation. Pull them aside. Like look, like we're not connecting. Like I wish we could. Like if we want to really look into our future, if we keep connecting at this level, where do you think we'll end up? Just 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 let them have the epiphany. That's all. I feel like that's just over and over. The question you have to ask is: if we keep doing what we're doing right now. Nothing changes. Where are we going to? Because time flies, man. And it's time so easy flies. to get caught up, especially when you have kids. It's so easy to get caught up. Even then, we didn't have kids back then. And even then, the days just, you know, Dude, we worked we wasted a ton. And, kid life. Oh, we really did. We wasted And I would have these, again, expectations. I'd have these expectations. I would pour myself a glass of that expensive $5 wine. Mm-hmm, I would turn mm-hmm. on, like, love song Pandora. And I'd cook dinner. I'd be like, this is going to be such a great romantic night. And then you'd come down and put your feet up and turn on the Reds game. I'm like, well... <laughs> well, that uh, yeah. <laughs> all right. Yeah, and I, I I don't know. All I know is all I know is if we would have communicated better younger, we would not have wasted our pre-marriage life. If we if we would have constantly if we would have constantly told each other our needs, if when we had our first kid, she would have let me know like, dude, I need more help, or if I would have let her know like, all right, look, you're putting way too much into the kid and you're you're now being selfish about about the kids and you're not you know putting enough into me instead of repressing all of that and then it coming out in a big fight or coming out in you know well okay i'm just going to do me now i just think we're wired so selfishly and we have to realize like okay the last selfish decision we should make is to get married and then we should be selfish together like everything we do becomes selfish together and to to bring my whole point full circle on the life cycle it's like when we get married, we should be selfish together. And then everything we do should be to craft an amazing life for ourselves together. And then but what happens usually is because one spouse, it, let's say the husband usually, is selfish or, or not meeting specific needs, what happens is usually mom is going to put everything into the kids and live vicariously through them. And you know that story. I mean, I can remember very distinctly at our old apartment, bringing Lola, our first home, and just, you know, you feel this love that you haven't felt any before because it's totally different than the love you have with your spouse. 
it's overwhelming. And I can remember just thinking like, that's fine. Like Chris can do him. Like it doesn't matter anymore. Like I have me and Lola, we're good. She loves me unconditionally. And I'm just going to ride this out. Not thinking futuristically that this little baby who's sweet and innocent and loves me and needs me is going to grow up and not be as sweet or not need me or love me. I mean, hopefully mm-hmm. she always loves me, but you know, I was just living in the moment of like, that's fine. Chris, you can do you because now I have a baby. Yeah. And what happens, I think, is if you put all of your eggs in the kid basket, once your kids turn on you like they all do, you're like, now what? Right? Now you're not getting what you need from your spouse. You have not been meeting their needs. They've not been meeting your needs. You haven't communicated about it. And then the kid kind of like goes through a bad stage and you just feel like empty, like you have nobody. Well, that's what we always talk about is the emptiness phase and we're not there yet. And maybe we'll get there and we'll listen back to our young selves on this podcast. Like, oh, what did we know? But it seems to us that that's a big reason why empty nesters, A, have such a hard time with the emptiness because they've been pouring their all into their kids. And B, why divorce rates are so high among people our parents' age because that's what they've done. They've poured it into their kids. They've been on autopilot. They've not continued to grow and learn about each other or meet each other's needs. And then suddenly you're with this person that, like, well, I thought I knew you, but you don't know them. And I mean, so that's just, that's why we talk so much about putting each other first and having these conversations and preparing for that because that's terrifying to think that your entire, your kid's entire adolescent years, child, you know, childhood years are just not a waste because obviously your children, but like a waste of your marriage. You know what I mean? That makes yeah. sense. Yeah. No, I, yeah, no. Yeah, no, yeah. Yeah, no, yeah. Yeah, no, yeah. We saw a meme talking about Ohioans. how Midwesterners, yeah, say yeah, things like, yeah, no, yeah, for sure. Yeah, no, yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's true. no, yeah. Anyway, um, <laughs> well, every point we've made here, the whole point is selfishness. It's like, you can nail all of this. It comes down to if it's sex, it's like, okay, it's, it's what I want is how I feel. It's whether I feel like doing it or not. It's, it doesn't matter how much attention I gave you, babe. I still want sex, right? That's selfish. Okay. It should not just be about me. We talk about the kids. It should not just be about, you know, your, your living vicariously through the kids or your emotional connection to the kids that you're not getting from, from me or vice versa, like it's selfish to put everything in, in, into our kids. It's selfish. It's selfish to, to control the money. It is selfish to feel like, oh man, this, this stomach, I'm, I'm sorry, this conversation gives me a pit in my stomach. And so I don't want to have it. And it's like, well, it's, it's your fault for not having it then. Like truly it's selfish. If you're just like, well, that's going to make me uncomfortable. So I'm not going to have this conversation. Well, it's selfish because if you know you should have that conversation, then we have to have that conversation because that's what's going to craft the, the best you know, chance at a good marriage. True. There's so many categories we've written down. And I think that we'll dive into some of them specifically because sex alone, we've, we can really cover because I think that society in general creates sex the picture of sex to be it's a selfish act when really that's not how it's intended to be. Honestly, the answer to all of this is becoming selfless. <laughs> all of it is starting to love your spouse or treat, just die to yourself. And that sounds weird to some people, but cause you still have to take care of yourself, but 
becoming selfless. Like if you become selfless in sex, I guarantee your sex life is going to improve. If you become selfless, not irresponsible, but selfless with the finances and understanding that your spouse, like you guys are one, like you're, that's going to improve. When Chris loosened the reins on the finances and like helped me, you helped me understand the budget better. But when you loosen the rein and I didn't feel like everything was going to be judged and critical of what I was doing, it it brought me closer to you. It sounds weird, but mm-hmm. you going and getting me a coffee randomly, I was like, whoa, okay, he does love me. Right. So um, there's just, you know, selfless with your time, realizing when your spouse needs help. Or I know a lot of women in a lot of mom's groups, and I know a lot of women who complain about their spouses just wanting to spend time, you know, doing their hobbies or golfing or sports or drink a beer with the buddies and because they need that chill time. And that's fine to have your chill time and your separate time from your family, but not at the expense of your spouse. Well, we just have to think about our spouse in every decision we make. Yeah. So it's like, okay, I'm not only going to make this decision because I want to do it. I want to make this decision because it's going to be best for us. And so, okay, uh, should I work this shift, even though, you know, I like being up at night. And so, I like, I like being up at night and I want to, I want to just, uh, you know, be able to focus and be by myself. I'm an introvert. Should I work this shift, even though my wife is at home dying because I work third shift and, but, but listen, I, I want to work the shift. No, dude, like we have to figure things out where it's like, okay, this is going to be the best quality of life for each other. And if not, Bless you. I never say bless you. Whoa, I know. Fake. <laughs> fake. Fake. Um, he does not bless me. I, I never do. Yeah. That was that was weird. Anyway, um, so I think the thing is we have to understand it's our quality of life together. And if one spouse is like, look, we have to do this for a certain period of time. This is going to be hard. And you agree on this. Okay, cool. Whatever. It's a sacrifice we're both making. But at yeah. the end of the day, we need to start thinking about our marriage as selfish together and understand when we talk about filling our cup, we're filling our cup together yes. to pour out on our kids and our relationships and all that stuff. And so growing ourself becomes growing ourself with the intention of I'm bringing my wife, I'm bringing my husband along with me. We're communicating like we've never communicated. We are the weirdos who over communicate about everything. Like that's okay. Yeah, that is okay. There's just something so freeing about being completely transparent in your relationship. I mean, just completely like there is nothing that Chris and I don't talk about now. It wasn't always like that. I mean, there's just, I don't know. It's very, it's a very freeing thing to know that. I don't know. Like you could pick up my phone anytime. I could pick up your phone anytime. We could get on each other's accounts. We can talk about whatever. There's no, yeah, there's no there's, secrets because it's selfish. There's nothing. And, and we've had some seriously awkward conversations. I'm like, why am I telling oh. her this? I'm like, Seriously, awkward. Like, this, is, this is so vulnerable. Why am I telling her this? And she's been super vulnerable with me. Why am I telling him this? But I don't know, man. The, yeah, there's just something about sharing your life with somebody and actually being willing to do that. And I, I say this stuff all the time. It's like a muscle, man. Yeah. I mean, initially, it's if you don't use it, it's atrophied. It's going to be uncomfortable. It's going to be hard. But once you get past that, you're like, hey, dude, please stop playing video games as much as you're playing. And like, not just for like two weeks, please. Like, Let's, let's, let's work this out. Like, I want to give you your free time, but let's communicate. I'm struggling. Like, yeah. let me just explain to you my life. Even last night we're in the car and John was just like unloading on me how, how, how she's frustrated about not being able to balance this, that, and the other. And I'm sitting there listening to her. I'm like, dang, that's a lot. <laughs> and she's like, and I know it's stupid. You, 
you know, you have the business to run and stuff like that. And I'm like, no, dude, I could not do what you do for real. And just her being able to unload that on me and me listen. And uh, I'm not a very good listener. I'm working on listening. You did a good job better. last night. You I were, did, right? You were listening. Yeah. But I don't know. I just think, I think Lena's crying. She is. Yeah. But I just think at the end of the day, it is flexing that muscle and being like, yo, our life sucks in this way. Our life's good in this way. Here's the good stuff. Here's the bad stuff. And overall, let's be selfish together. So that's it. That is it. And I think we have so many more ways we could take this selfishness yes. conversation because I do think it's a killer of marriage um, in a lot of ways. But yeah, we'll get we'll get super specific with this. But for now, there's the uh, there's the cover of it all. As usual, if this episode brought you value, if you if this hit you in the stomach like it would have hit us back in the day, back in the day, at back that point, even still, we're still selfish about things sometimes. Oh yeah, un- you're so selfish. willingly. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> Whatever. Um, go ahead and share it. Share, share with your spouse if that's who you think you should share with. But go ahead and share it, and don't forget to subscribe to the show. Thanks, guys.